Hey folks, welcome back to episode two of Grace and I talking about Bo Burnham's Inside. Just like last episode, this one has a content warning on it. We do continue a little bit our conversation from the last episode, uh, which deals with sensitive topics such as uh, suicide and depression. So this is a content warning for those topics. Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I guess this is episode two of um, Bo Burnham's Inside in Detail. Um, yeah, I don't give a fuck. No. <laughs> yeah. Fuck this. This is End My Suffering, the podcast where two people who are so aloof that it hurts talk about <laughs> stuff that they don't give a fuck about, dude. I've never cared less about anything. Yeah, this is stupid, dude. What the frick, man? God. Okay, so I don't want to know. Yeah, so we left off last time with the intermission, and uh, now we're talking about I don't want to know. Grace, take it away. Do I have your attention? Yes or no? I bet I guess the answer, but I don't want to know. Um, I think that I don't want to know touches a lot on what the end of Make Happy touches on with this idea of um, Bo Burnham as a performer and his struggle to have a relationship with the audience that's productive and healthy. Uh, it's It does that, but it's like a way, way lighter, I guess. Um, I think that this song in particular like I I just really liked it because um I think he's so he's so attuned to what an audience wants from him what an audience might be doing like especially the fact that you know this is not a live performance so the attention that he needs or wants or you know is trying to get he's you know has to fight a little bit harder for it because you have your phone you have other people in the room potentially you have so many things that could be distracting you so i just think i don't know this is one of those songs where you know if we're going back to my teeter tot teeter totter teeter totter what yeah. is it called teeter totter is it called a teeter totter yeah because it teeters and it totters okay if we're going back to my teeter totter <laughs> me- metaphor i think we're going back towards a little bit of a light this uh after we're coming off of um you know some discussion of suicidal thoughts and um i think that i just i kind of like this i think it's you know it's quick it's necessary kind of a uh an oasis in what we are about to i think find is a pretty big desert here um <laughs> not to use a labored metaphor with that but um yeah i also think that this song is really interesting in that it does deal with stuff that like I feel like he's dealt with in the past um, and in a new way like you said like with this new format that he's working in um, and the new restraints of like the audience in that I think it's really interesting that this song doesn't like fade out or anything it just ends it gets cut off by the next bit which is him pretending to be a uh, like a twitch streamer playing the game of his life in this room Um, yeah Which is so, I think it's so fascinating that it's like, to me, I read that almost as him being like, yeah, the I don't want to know song is saying something, but like, ah, who fucking cares? Whatever. Let's, there's other stuff going on. Like the situation's different, whatever. But I I don't know. I I would never like, I don't know. I hope I don't sound like I'm trying to be like, I know exactly what he meant to do. (laughs) Like whatever. But yeah, that's just how I. I think it goes without saying that everything that we're saying is. Yeah. um, 
sub- subjective. Right. Everything is we're saying yeah, is we're right. right. Actually, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Um, we um we we talked have, to Bo. And, yeah. Yeah, we're on a first name, but we talked to him. We he was like, I gotta come on the podcast. I gotta explain it. We're like, no, we got it. It's All right. fine. Yeah. This is perfect. I was I was actually a ghostwriter for inside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh a ghost writer. Uh, right. a boast right. We're gonna cut that. We're gonna no, that's that. saying it. Uh, <laughs> I edit this. Fuck you. Um, next song is um unless you had more comments on no, the, no, 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 the no. Twitch streamer thing. The Twitch streamer I thought it was fun. It's just it's funny. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah fun funny especially the the way in which just the character acting in that is also very funny very real and then we go into a part a song that i definitely could have used early in the pandemic um when i also quite literally was not showering for like nine days at a time are you are you showering regularly again yeah i think so oh (laughs) uh uh me too yeah, I am. That's well. Everybody is. So it's just we all are. We're all so clean right now. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, um, this song is just again very like funny, like yeah, very funny, very bow. Like it's just like one of those things that I think that now that the audio of this has been released mm-hmm. has very viral potential. People just like using clips of this audio all the time like absolutely yeah feeling like a bag of shit like <laughs> oh shit feeling like a saggy massive sack of shit oh shit big old motherfucking duffel bag of shit like many of the other ones that we've seen so far like it's so good and so funny just as like a piece of comedy and then you can also if you chose to you could go in and be like oh is he like what's he saying here like is it like Oh, all the art, all of its artifice or whatever with like, cause he switches between like lighting a lot between mm-hmm. like these super hyper colorful lights into like just monotone, um, mm-hmm. which I was like, you could read into that and be like, oh, he's doing a thing of like, this is the serious stuff and this is the pretend and all that, yeah. which is, you know, I don't know. I think that what I wrote down is that this is a playful descent into darkness oh okay yeah i think i would i'd agree with that because after this we get um all time low all time low feeling in my body way down deep inside me i try not to fight it describe it all right a few things start to happen my vision starts to flatten my heart it gets to tapping and i think i'm gonna die not the same as bag of shit, but it's almost the <laughs> bag of shit. It's almost the same as bag of shit, but there's less music. Yeah. <laughs> it, and um, it's, uh, it's still offsetting this very dark reality with humor, but it's, you know, getting a bit more vulnerable. A lit, uh, yeah. You see a bit more of it's stripped away, but again, you still have that very funny juxtaposition where he's being very real and then he'll turn his head and he's singing all of a sudden there's lights like (laughs) and then you also see i think in that one as well as in shit like both of those songs are good examples of just like oh yeah no fully the reason that this is even a song to begin with is because it makes this easier to address almost because like all time low it was like you know he's uh, he's using the song to to say the shit that would be incredibly less fun to hear if it wasn't in a song you know yeah and i mean is that in many ways you know that is how i see the purpose of comedy which is you know Mm -hmm. making 
truths are easier to swallow <laughs> yeah. for better or for worse. Um, next is um, what s- some, some may consider to be the crown jewel of the special. Yeah. Which is welcome to the internet. Good, I interest you in everything all of the time. A little bit of everything all of the time. Apathy's a tragedy and boredom is a crime. Anything and everything all of the time. Um, would you consider yourself some? No, I no. would not. Gotcha. But I've, I've talked to a few people and a, lo- a lot of people see this as like very important intro i'm not saying it's not important or integral no, no. into what he's doing no, this one sucks it's dumb we don't like <laughs> this one's stupid <laughs> we went through um, all of this analysis on the other ones this one we're just skipping who cares i just think i think this is also the first thing that he released to youtube from the special mm-hmm. so you know kind of that idea of the single of the album if you will mm-hmm. um I don't, what are your thoughts on it? I want to hear yours first. I've been going first a lot. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my thoughts on this is that I, I mentioned in the last episode that we did about part one um, that one of like his preoccupations, it seems like, is the idea of like a generation raised on the internet um, or like the potential of like how an internet, how internet altered his generation. Um because, you know, as he said in the song 30, he was born in 1990. And then in this song, he says that the Internet really started like after Y2K and like the new millennium and all that. Like that's when it really became what we know today. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless of all that, I, I think that this song is um, the perfect summation of the stuff that he's talked about in relation to the Internet before. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote down this is one of those songs where I, I thought about it so much after watching the special because it just stuck with me because number one it's like really catchy and upbeat yes. it's got like this kind of like foreboding creepy circus music quality yes, to it. yes that's such a circus music that is yeah. such a good yes and i think like the character that he's playing like he plays this um knowledgeable and like very um corrupting type of narrator because like that's kind of the nature of the internet i guess is that it's a very knowledgeable but also potentially corrupting thing it always it's the rabbit hole effect of like it starts easy like oh this nine-year-old is watching minecraft youtubers and all of a sudden 10 years go by and he's a white supremacist like it's it's this you know and i think this expressed that in a really cool way it was frantic at times which i think is very palatable to like an internet kid um but at the end of the the day um, this really just struck me as like, um, yeah, it struck me as like a really good summation of what Bo Burnham seems to be talking about when he talks about the internet and especially like young people's relation to it, where it is, uh, it's a creepy old person who's masquerading as your friend. Uh, and th- mm. there are cracks in that facade and, and it is not something that you should be trusting in implicitly because um there are parts of this song that are really i thought were really beautiful uh in terms like musically where he's um something along the lines of like waiting for you you insatiable you yes uh, like that is a beautiful almost like uh the way that it's presented in the song is a beautiful almost like romantic even calling out to the this audience and yet this song ends in evil laughter. Like, you know that that is, um, that is the 
hypnotic eyes of the boa constrictor, you know, kind yes. of situation that, that it's, this song is so dark and interesting and just, I love it. And I, I truly think it's the one that I'm probably going to go back and revisit the most outside of the Bezos ones. The crown like, jewel, if you will. But that's, that's the thing is I don't think this is the crown jewel and I'll explain that when we get to what I think is the crown jewel, but I, this is yeah, one of my like favorite things he's done. I think like, I love this song. I think it's great. I think that this song is, um, yeah, you said all of it very beautifully. Like I, I was going to talk about that shift to the you insatiable you where it becomes very coaxing and like, there's very drastic. And I really liked that part. I think that that's the part that does get me to come back to this song is that trip, that shift and then that shift dramatic shift out of like that maniacal laughter when you've you know you've been caught on the fish hook essentially and um you know that part also from the chorus apathy is a tragedy and boredom's a crime yeah i think that that is you know i don't think that's something that i've totally fully unpacked but it's definitely something that sticks with me when i think of you know key phrases from the special and i i back to you know how i was talking about um heal or comedy healing the world with comedy is like a thesis i feel like this is almost like a a sub thesis like a modified thesis you see this is definitely like a key a key player in like if you were to have a, a standard five paragraph essay like this is definitely one of your like beefy parts of yeah of what he's trying to say here, I think, or what I'm interpreting that he's trying to say, if he's trying to say anything at all, you know? (laughs) I think this is, a lot of these, we can be like, oh, this is just fun. We don't have to analyze this. This one, I think uh, we can rest pretty easy. He's trying to say something, you know? He's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, I really, I'm so glad that you brought in that analysis of that character because I really liked that as well. I liked the lighting. I liked how it was, almost like it kind of reminded me of like the voodoo like guy from yeah. princess and the frog mm-hmm. fall into that very like disney never seen villain. it but sure. oh okay similar to like kind of how ursula is with like i just thought it was never very, seen like, it but sure you've never yeah, that's a lie you are in the little mermaid yeah i lived it <laughs> but sorry not to derail it um no um so uh-huh. after welcome to the internet uh, we get a brief monologue in which he like kind of is like, oh, I'm just never going to finish this. I've decided I'm not going to finish this uh, special. Yeah. Um, and then we go right into Bezos 2, which is even more like cult-like and weird than the first one. Oh, Jeffrey Bezos, Jeffrey Bezos, Jeffrey Bezos. You did it. Any big... Analysis of Bezos too. No, I didn't even I didn't write any notes for Bezos too. I was too busy just listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh after Bezos 2, we get into a really interesting like short thing that he does. Uh that um it's basically just him sitting in the dark with a single light on his face, and he starts looking more and more scared as uh the sound of a crowd Mm -hmm. like laughing gets louder. Um, I just I thought that was interesting considering like in the wider uh, idea of like all of his work and stuff that we've kind of talked about like yeah that idea of his relationship to the audience is obviously like fundamental and make happy and is brought back here for songs like um all um, eyes on me all eyes on me yeah and, uh, yeah and he i think he pretty sure he touches on this as well in his interview 
with Jesse David Fox on the podcast, Good One, which yes, he also this is touches. Our, this is our plug for Good One, a podcast yeah. hosted by Jesse David Fox. Yeah. And it, he does also exclusively touch on it in All Eyes on Me, but he is known to have panic attacks while on stage. Um, yeah. So I think that this is like, you know, just a, a peek into that and um, fear that he's not allowed to show even when people are laughing. I do. That brings up a point I'm going to touch on really quick. I yeah. like how um, in the beginning, at least he plays like the the fake laughter after parts where he anticipates the oh, audience will laugh talk about that last episode. yeah yeah that's in comedy right that's in yeah world of comedy yeah right in the beginning we can talk about that a little bit later because there's yeah. some lines where he kind of addresses that and i think it's very interesting but yeah the comedy in the oh you were we didn't get to that yet but the part with the comedy in the park quote unquote yeah no we can get to that right now i got no more okay. on, yeah on the other one then, um, what are you what are you feeling what do you feel about that number one grace have you been to like outdoor comedy things in the pandemic i have awesome. i have been to a few um so i did think this is i think another bit where he does like the canned laughter after or maybe he doesn't maybe i'm I making that up might. i don't i don't know i literally watched it two hours ago and i still yeah. remember well when he switches into the bit about the pirates i <laughs> yes yeah that part, I know it's significant because it's showing the switch to like something, you know, you know, showing how he can switch so easily in and out of like something real to something that is so kind of, I guess, artificial in comparison. But man, did that pirate <laughs> stuff make me laugh. <laughs> That's kind of all I wanted to say about that. I thought it was really funny, actually. Like, I know that that wasn't the point of the yeah. bit. How do you feel like when you stumble across something like that, where, you know, it's the thing that you're not supposed to be laughing at? I think if he didn't want me to laugh at it, he shouldn't have made it so fucking funny. <laughs> That's it fair. Was so <laughs> fucking funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> and maybe I do think, you know, I was partially in on the joke, you know, because yeah. part of the reason I was laughing is because the delivery was so pedestrian and so mm -hmm. basic comedian but yeah. also it was just, <laughs> I love funny dumb. It reminded me of like, kind of, that's something like Dimitri Martin would yeah. say, like, <laughs> which I think his shit is funny. Like, <laughs> I, I agree. You're talking to someone who agrees with that. So yeah. Yeah. But speaking of, I always, we need a new transition for, instead of speaking of, Oh no, we're doing speaking of for every single one. A few right. of them didn't even like, I just, we didn't even use an actual thing. I just, I think I did speaking of sexting to transition into <laughs> the song after sexting. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of things where you're like half in on the joke, half not, that funny feeling was yeah. one of those ones that I still feel like I'm unpacking because like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I know that I know I'm going to stick with my original statement. I don't know what it's about. I know what mm -hmm. it's about. But I don't know. There it is again, that funny feeling. That funny feeling. There it is again, that funny feeling. That funny feeling. So I guess that that was my question for you: is what what is this about? What is that funny feeling? Oh, dude. 
I don't really know. I that's another thing. Like, yeah, I know what it's about, but I don't know what it's about. There are certain things in the song uh, that I I grabbed onto because when he said, like, there's a line where he says, uh, "Deadpool self awareness, loving family, harmless fun." Um, the backlash to the backlash to the thing that's just begun. Mm-hmm. Um, that like to me felt again not to keep just bringing up the shit I keep bringing up, but that felt very like generation internet type mm-hmm. shit of like and so that funny feeling i kind of um interpreted it as like this like overwhelming but also nothing at all internet feeling of like uh there's uh, again uh, there's a there's a douchebag term for um something similar uh called postmodern hyperspace um number one great band name and number two yeah. Um, are, do you, have you, I don't know no, if you've in your travels. Um, in my travels. I'm sure that I might actually cut this out because I don't actually know if I'm even describing it correctly, but my understanding of it is that feeling of there is so much of everything all at once that everything becomes nothing almost. A little bit of everything all, all of the time. Of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I read that kind of similar to this, especially I, I think I globbed onto that because of like, the idea of um, the internet marking this kind of like end of history era too. Cause this song does kind of literally this song feels like he's singing it at a bonfire where the meteor is above them. Like it's about yeah. the shit's That's just done. Like, it, but yeah, I, I interpreted it as like one possible interpretation for like what that funny feeling is, is like that numb, that numb, overwhelming internet feeling i like i don't know what the word is for it but like yeah yeah mine my interpretation of it is is a little is similar to yours but like adjacent i feel like i less connected it to the internet and more just like i guess the state of the world as it is and like this mixture of like dread and also Mm -hmm. like what the fuck is happening because I think, and I think I really got that from the the singular line, Bugle's take on race. Yeah. Where it's like this, we're in this space and he says female, like female Colonel Sanders and like Bugle's take on race. Like, and I think, you know, this is like a pretty viral, like Twitter mechanism where people will tweet a headline and they'll be like, was this put together by Mad Libs? And... Uh, <laughs> what classic <laughs> funny guy thing to yeah. say yeah <laughs> well i i think it's just the idea of when you're looking at something and you're like this cannot actually be happening right like mm-hmm. and if it is actually happening why are we not paying attention to it like that idea that like freaking ufos like the government was like yeah we've seen ufos and yeah. we were just like yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like i think that that's like it's like i think it'd be um hearing your like side of it and then like already what I was kind of thinking I think I see a more full picture of it but I also feel like maybe the point is there isn't a way to describe it or why like Mm -hmm. it's just you know he's listing things that give him a funny feeling and like maybe there isn't a word for it which is why he just called it a funny feeling in the first place but I think it's interesting that he always he continuously says in the song like it's almost over yeah i'm like it's almost over is that in the means of the special the world the the 
the way we feel like what that that to me stuck out as well because I was like what does that mean it's almost over what's almost over (laughs) similarly to that I got really uh tripped up on the line 20,000 years of this seven more to go yeah was really fascinating to me because it's like that's such a specific number and uh I Maybe that's a climate change thing. I, that, I kind of thought, because I, I know that like about three or four years ago, they're like, yeah, we got 11 years until we can, mm-hmm. we can't fix it. Um, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that was, that caught me for the same reason of like, what is he, what is he referring to? Like, is this a song where it's like, yeah, the world is ending or is there other, is there other stuff to that as well? Um and it does it also serve a dual purpose of being like the special is almost over. We've processed yeah. so all this shit in this special, all this uh, yeah. modern nonsense, you know. Um, I'm getting excited because we're getting to one of my, my favorite parts. All right. Well, what's your favorite part, Grace? Um, I'm actually going to be honest. On first watch, I did not really like this part because I was very confused. Mm-hmm. But um, second and third watch, I fell in love with uh, All Eyes on Me. it's very reminiscent of the end of make happy and i feel like it's it's an evolution of that an elevated version of that whatever you want to call it but like the it definitely felt like the kanye rant to me but with where Bo is now um like a similar type of uh yeah expression yeah this one i know for sure he definitely uses pre-recorded like laughter and cheering which i think is like very interesting and worth noting (laughs) and i was like (laughs) sobbing when i watched this part because it was like i felt like he was like talking to me like there's this part where he's like oh are you are you nervous are you scared like are you having fun and like yeah like I'm all of these things I'm like I'm having all these emotions and it's again visually astonishing like I love the way that the lighting is I love that he's like recording himself and you can see himself like and I was I was I'm I'm always you know I again this is a a repeat but I'm reading my notes now like I'm very captivated by the times in which he like anticipates laughter and anticipates when you would be laughing and cheering and like puts it in for himself yeah and all I can say about this is this this re-listening to this, but even without the visual, like gave me goosebumps when I was outside in like the 90 degree heat today. Like I like I, I consider this to be more of like that end number that's more comparable to the end of Make Happy and what as opposed to the song after this. Yeah. And I love in all those numbers, because there's a moment in every single one of those, if you go back and watch them, and where he's dancing and you can tell that he's doing it for him and i think that that this song is very much that like especially when he picks up the camera and is like swinging it around like i was gonna ask you about the the camera of like what what do what do you feel that is like i because i uh 
have thoughts about it, but I don't think I fully like, I don't think I fully understand that. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's like this moment where, and it's actually almost kind of scary when he's like, get up. I'm yeah. talking to you, like fucking get up. And I think it's just again, like very that. Brechtian. We're right back yeah. at it. <laughs> One of those moments where it's like, he knows that he's never going to be able to see you and see how you're reacting or interacting. Like he, if he was in a live audience and he said like, get up, he could see people like getting up, you know, but it's like, even if you, you know, don't physically get out of your bed, he's still moving you. Like he's still yeah. forcing you to interact with him. And like, again, I think it's one of those things where he's doing it for him, right? Like he's trying to show you that like, these are his movements. This is how he's moving. Like he's being very free form. Like, I guess just trying to bring you into that space, that mental space, that physical space, that emotional space that he's into the only way he can when you're a screen away from someone, which is to move the screen so that it's almost like POV, you know? Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause that's kind of like where my thoughts were too, of like, I, I thought of it as like, like an act of frustration um, yeah. of like, Oh, I, I like fucking move, you know, like, yeah or whatever and it's like he he knows as he kind of mentioned in um i don't want to know um that there's a pretty solid chance of like disinterest for parts of this performance yeah um from the audience and so it's like that kind of feels to me as like a fuck you like like you don't get to be disinterested like you've literally yeah. watched me lose my mind like this I, yeah. I get up like uh which was as you said, when he like starts walking towards the camera, I'm like, oh, ah, <laughs> like, it, was, it was very like, yeah. I was like, it was a cool moment. I like, and I agree with you. Like I've got, I got goosebumps from this the first time I watched it. Yeah. I love, I love that line where he's like, it's almost over. It's just begun. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like, you know, and not to say that Bo Burnham is the type of person to put something out into the world and be like, I'm a revolutionary, <laughs> but like, for me, that was very much of like how I experienced the special. Like it was almost over, but like, I feel like something in me had ju like just begun because it's just yeah. like, I felt so many things watching it. And I felt like, you know, as a creator, as an admirer of comedy, like this has fired off so many synapses in my brain that it's yeah. like, this is just over, but like so much of like, what like what i do post inside has like just begun like <laughs> yeah but we live in a post inside society we yeah. are all outside now but um, i think even you know looking through the lens of the pandemic that works as well that line of like it's almost over but also it's just begun like yeah a lot of like what was happening during the pandemic in terms of you know what is happening still yeah still I mean, what's happening literally everywhere except the places that we live yeah yeah <laughs> And even just like with the, a lot of the social issues, like it's almost over, like, but it's also just begun. Like a lot of where we're at, I feel like with culture, media, social, political issues, <laughs> I yeah, like I, this one a lot. <laughs> I agree. I, I think it was, and that line too, um, I'm also going to take your point and I'm going to mm -hmm. use it to feed my own argument. Uh, with the, the internet uh, preoccupation is, is like, it's almost over. It's just begun. Like we've reached this point because everything is so, um, and this is just, I'm just free balling. Obviously I'm not, no. but like, yeah, we, we, you could interpret that as like, we've reached this point where everything is so accessible all at once. There is that overwhelming um, information flow uh, towards you. And so 
we've gotten to this point where it's like, oh yeah, the world is over. The world is ending. Um, and we're seeing it happen live. Like the world is almost over and the mechanism that has allowed us to feel that way or enabled us to feel that way, I should say, um, it like has just begun. Like, uh, like that's one interpretation of it, I guess. Um, I just really, I, I just love the internet, you know, yeah. I just love thinking about the internet. But um, I also, he all, sorry to cut you off. No, no. <laughs> he always, like, I feel like he always has this moment and I always say always. And when I say always, you know, I'm always retur- referring to what and make happy. And I know that words, words, words came before that, but <laughs> that was obviously a bit different than the yeah. way what 2010 make happy was a different yeah. <laughs> But like, he has these moments at the end where I'm, it's like, kind of like, if you're going to take anything away, take this away so i think the fact that it's it's titled all eyes on me like he's like that you know you did whatever you did for the first like hour or so of this this time all pay attention to me like this yeah. is like you know like um and maybe that's not how it is but that's kind of mm-hmm. how i felt where he's just like i don't care what you did previous to this moment but you're fucking paying attention to me right now and that's all i need <laughs> yeah I see I definitely see kind of transitioning into goodbye which is you yeah. know the last song I definitely see that as kind of an epilogue to the way in which after make happy he which you know we didn't even talk about after make happy he enters that room that he is then in yes for the entirety of inside yeah and um you know there's that song at the end of make happy where he's saying like I hope you're happy and I see that as a bit of like an epilogue to what he just did with the Kanye rant. And I yeah. s- feel similarly that goodbye is a bit, you know, if it were to be performed on a live stage, like goodbye is a bit of that epilogue to all eyes on me. Does anybody want to joke when no one's laughing in the background? So ways in which i i view inside as almost you know because there's a lot of debate it's human nature right we want to be able to label something what Mm -hmm. is this and you know i've seen a lot of is this even comedy is this even stand up like is this even comedy is not a discussion that i'm really into because i think of course it's comedy so many elements of this are so funny to not call it comedy in my opinion is a little stupid but like is this stand-up is a good question, I think, because it, it it breaks a lot of the conventions in which stand-up is meant to exist, right? It's supposed mm-hmm. to be live. It's supposed to be something in which an audience is reacting to it in the moment. Like, it's almost more of like, it's like this musical video. Earlier I used, or last episode, I used words like video essay. and like visual, like, album, yeah. then you could make the argument. Yes, visual. That's such a good, yes. Um And I love the way that this song weaves all the other songs, big songs into it. That is just like, that's a moment to me as a a theater kid, that theater kid in me (laughs) with the the musical or the overture, like, and has all the elements, like all the reoccurring themes to have that at this Mm -hmm. point at the end and you know, even just uh, the projection of like the young him at the beginning versus him at the end. And yeah, just 
I'll I'll let you go for a little bit <laughs> on this. Oh, but. No, dude, I I want to like uh get into something that you mentioned with that idea of like the musical motifs in this of like yes. using the different songs to signify different things. Cause I did, I forgot to mention it earlier, but I did notice um, a few moments of like little motifs like that. It was specifically, I think uh, comedy healing the world with comedy was used multiple times. And I think also content was used. Oh yeah. Okay. So in the knife segment, which we didn't even talk about, but what a fucking mm iconic a uh, little joke of um he's like doing that bit of like thank you guys so much for watching my content but yes. he's just holding a knife the whole time uh the, the theme <laughs> from the original song from the beginning content plays under that uh in the segment where uh the social mm-hmm. brand manager thing uh the comedy music uh I love that. plays under that which yeah. i thought was like is this like a light motif for like delusion or something <laughs> but then, yeah it never came up again. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe not. But just like interesting little things like that um, that I thought were super cool. And like, like you said, giving it that kind of like musical theater quality, which obviously happens in like albums and shit that yeah. aren't musical theater, but just like that very like, this is a singular piece of yeah. many parts almost. This thing I've been saying for like the past couple of songs, I'll talk about this later. Yeah. But the line in this one that really stands out to me is, does anyone want to joke when no one's laughing in the background? Mm-hmm. And that is such an interesting question. Yeah. Because it's, I think that that is kind of getting into this idea of, you know, what is stand up? How does the form work? Like, why are you doing it? Yeah. How do you create something like this when no one like is laughing in the background, which is, I think obviously ties into this idea of him in certain points, putting the laughter in himself. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that is such a great like question. And again, like there's, um, if you were to take an academic lens to this, like often when you're writing an essay, in the end, you're kind of supposed to bring in like uh, something to keep the reader thinking about what you wrote, you know? And I think that this question of does anyone want to joke when no one's laughing in the background is kind of like a little bit of that like extension of the argument, that thing. It's like, this is a question that could lead to even more exploration of like what it means to be a comedian and why we do comedy and what what is the reward of like making people laugh, right? Yeah. Um, oh, and then that transition back into um, look who's inside again. Yeah. Where he is naked. That is, dude. <laughs> so let me dude. let me ask you this, Grace. Why um do you think he's naked for that? Um, to I mean I think the obvious answer is that it's 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 this expression of pure vulnerability. And, um, but I think it's important that he has that spotlight on him and, you know, there's the line, like you're surrounded, like, Mm -hmm. and I think that it's, he's returning to performing and that's a vulnerable experience. Like, it's almost like, um, also those voices in your head, like, oh, look at you, like, look who's inside again, like looked for a reason to like kind of go back inside because it's like he found all the reasons to come back to performing right which is what he talks about in all eyes on me which we didn't address he talks about how he took a break from performing and then when he was ready to come back the world 
like broke down right yeah and so it's like now he has all these new reasons to be afraid and to be panicking and to to not want to be performing again and it's kind of i don't know it's that idea of like exposure just like raw vulnerability i think but i mean yeah it's just like look who's inside again like we're kind of just like almost like shaming himself in a way it's and I think again, like to bring back that phrase that you use, that like kind of circus music, the way the it's distorted. Mm-hmm. So it's like almost like taunting is like very haunting. Very threatening, like, like a very yeah. like um I don't wanna be in this space energy when that music yeah. is playing. Like if you were in like a Starbucks, distorted circus music played. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that before? No, no, I I again that's one of those things where it's like I thought kind of a similar thing of like the vulnerability I also thought it had something to do with that again that idea of viewing yourself and looking towards the self of like um you know because in it you could make the argument if you really want to do that clothes are a form of artifice and a form of performance and I think that's a very valid argument um and I think that's something that definitely lends itself to the idea of like being naked is the way that you view your true self or whatever but Mm -hmm. uh it should be noted, though, that through, well, I mean, in most of his specials, now that I'm thinking about it, he's usually just wearing that white t-shirt mm-hmm. and pants, and that's kind of the same. He has a capsule wardrobe. Yeah, he's very. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got just uh, all this, you know, simple, we got single tones, no logos, it all works with everything, you know? But I was actually, you kind know, fashion icon. Sorry. I feel like I was, I was still very struck by the fact that he was naked in that end scene, even though throughout he was very open with his body and very open with not like mm-hmm. wearing a lot of clothes. Because I think it's in thirty and sexting, he's just in his underwear. Like, yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, problematic too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like it is one of those things, too, of like, I think it feels really vulnerable for this one because of the way he's playing it as well, because he's not playing yeah. it in that moment, I think, is like this like big showy performer. It's more no, he's like, scared. He's uh, like, yeah. yeah. And I think it's the, the equipment is so artfully placed around him, kind of just like framing yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that leads into probably the most um haunting part of this like this whole sequence is very like scary (laughs) it's scary in a way that's like not like the conjuring but like a silence of the lambs you know yeah earlier when i when i was talking about it i think i said parts of this are very like confronting and i i don't know if that's the word that you would use but i i personally felt like this like everything from his breakdown that leads into all eyes on me until the credits is very like confronting i felt very like yeah in a very uh not <laughs> not yeah. validating way and like more of a you're you're aware of this i'm aware of this this is what's happening type of thing if there's like this this at the end this truman show moment where yeah. he goes outside That's such a good way to describe i didn't even think of the fucking truman show that's crazy. yeah i i just was thinking about it because of the way like that shot in the truman show where jim carrey's going up the stairs and mm-hmm. he's like trying to decide whether or not to open the door and obviously you know the context is a little bit different but he comes outside you know and 
everyone, that idea of everyone, the audience clapping once he comes outside kind of reminded me of the Truman Show as if like everyone's just been watching him exist in this room. Like nobody else has been like caught in the room, but he has. And then when he can't get back inside, dude, that, what do you make of that? I, I, it made me like, oh fuck, I feel bad for watching this. Like, yeah, I, you know, like, but I <laughs> also think guilt. Yeah, I, I just thought about this just now, not to deflect from the guilt by talking no. about something else. Oh no. Make Happy ends with a transition from the stage to the inside, and inside ends with the opposite transition. So and I he, didn't really think about that. That's fascinating. Yeah, it is. And then it's it's but it but then again, you know, it's like he's stuck on stage, right? And he's like trying to get back in, and there's like this canned laughter. Yeah. And it's like you don't know what to do with that, right? And then, of course, like, we switch back. We get this one more clip of him watching himself not be able to get back inside while he himself is inside. And he just does that little tiny smile, like that yeah. crazed, crazed smile. And I'm not sure entirely what I make of that yet. Yeah, but, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know if I would call that smile crazed, though. I don't know. I don't know if it's satisfied or yeah. it's, like, psychotic. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I really don't know what to make of it. I think that's something that, like, maybe, I don't know, we, yeah, I just, I don't understand where that smile comes from. Of, like, whether it's satisfaction yeah. for just being done or, like, whether it is, like, like you said, kind of a, um, like, Oh fuck! Like yeah. type of smile. Well, it's one of those things where it's like I don't know if he's trying to be a stand-in for the audience in that moment, or if he's yeah. being himself. Because, like, I don't know. For me, the first time I watched it, that smile hit me as a bit sickening. Like he's kind of like almost like I don't know, taking a weird pleasure in his own torture of like not being able to get back inside. Yeah. But then, like, there's also the the way that it just ends after that is like kind of like not happy but maybe like use that word already satisfaction like it's it's done I'm proud of what I did I like the way it looks but because he's like watching it on the projector as opposed to like on the laptop it feels a little bit different than those moments where we get those behind the scenes it feels more like I guess I don't know I guess it's just hard to tell like what perspective he's supposed to be playing when he's watching that final moment yeah you could make the argument that maybe that is the point. I, I don't want to be, I feel like that's always like kind of like a throwaway when people, when people are like, the point is, is that it doesn't make sense. But like, yeah, I, I think like, yeah, I don't know. I think there's like a, and it, it's like, oh, that, that feels that's so, just so interesting. Cause that's just never, that's, I'll have to look at it again. That's not, that's not how I saw it. I was like, I remember just feeling unsettled. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I, how can you not like coming off of like this image of this guy, like, animalistically trying to get, get into a, his home like running from something and, and then everyone's cut, laughing yeah and you cut to something someone observing him and they smirk of course that's creepy like yeah. that's like yeah that's mm. but I, I just think it's interesting because since it's not explicit whether or not he's standing in for the audience whether he's himself whether he is the the bow that walked outside or the bow that stayed inside like what no matter what I think it gives room for the audience to interpret it in a lot of different ways until he says otherwise, if he ever does, which probably not, which I think is, is interesting in the context of a special that for the most part has 
had moments that make the audience, um, at least for me as an audience member, like bring up feelings of like guilt of like the way that I'm consuming it or, or um, mm-hmm. the way the nature of like the audience uh, relationship to performer, um, which he also, again, was preoccupied with in um, Make Happy as well. Uh, that's a weird ending. It's uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. What a fucked up show. What? <laughs> yeah. But also, like, I don't know. It is devastating, but it's just as entertaining as yeah. well. Like, I, I could, I could, I feel like I could watch it again and again and again. But I also feel that sense of guilt where it's like, am I taking away meaning from it if I just keep consuming it as I would any other <laughs> yeah. type of comedy? But then again, it's like, I, you know, what's the point of making it if it's not to be consumed? And then, you know, that leads to a hundred other questions. Yeah. Again, is anybody willing to joke when there's no one laughing in the background? Yeah. You know? Such a good question. Very good question. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, another thing from Goodbye, just before we leave it um, mm-hmm. and start doing just like a wrap up overall impression thing. Yeah. Um, is the line, how about I sit on the couch and watch you next time? Again, fed into that idea of like the frustration that's so interesting that that's how you i took it i took it as a i think a bit more lighthearted. like i i felt like in that moment where it's like he as a performer is very much just especially on when he talks about this in make happy where he's kind of like you know we all want to be performers right we all want to like i guess show ourselves in certain light like i i feel like he in a way is understanding that he kind of has like a creative fan base like like everyone out there has something to offer so I feel like to me in that moment like he was kind of saying like I'm not special just because I'm on the TV like next time like it could it can be you like maybe you like like I think that he was just for me that was kind of that moment of I'm no higher than you just because you're watching me you know like next time you create something that like, you know, not necessarily it's going to be on TV or whatever, but I think that like built in, like recognizing that yourself, like you can also create and you can also. Yeah. I think that there is probably, I think you're right. There probably is some underlying anger in that just being like, fuck you. Like, I don't have to be the one that's up here, but I also think it's kind of gentle in a way of, you know, Well, that's a much nicer interpretation. So I'm going to choose to take your interpretation as my own. I think I, 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 I that like interpretation that comes with just the gentleness of the music in that moment. That's true. Because, um, and just him and just also the line, you know, if I panic, call me and tell me a joke. Like, you know, yeah, I feel like I feel like that's me using words and then using just like the way the music makes me feel to like come to that conclusion rather than like an angrier one, I guess, or yeah. more spiteful or resentful, whatever words you want to use. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, yeah, I, as I said, I prefer that interpretation. <laughs> I think I was in such like a heightened state at the end of this special that I was like, Oh, he's mad at me. <laughs> but no, oh, he's um, angry. Oh man, this man I've never met and never will meet is angry at me. Oh, no, <laughs> oh but yeah, no. no it, God. And then, of course, the special uh, wraps up with credits, very brief credits, since like six people worked on this. And um, the song Any Day Now, which is just um, 
one line repeat or two lines repeated over and over again. It'll stop any day now. Any day now. Any day now. It'll stop any day now. Any day now. Any day now. Without further ado, Grace, I think it's time to head into our final section. Which is uh, just overall thoughts. One of my biggest takeaways from this special is that I am, number one, really excited about what I think it proved about um, the idea that, you know, you can make a really impactful, innovative thing with just the right amount of time and the right resources. I'm not going to say anybody can do that because obviously, like, class barriers exist like i i don't you know not everybody has access to the equipment that he has but i do think it's cool that this is especially with the way that you interpret like goodbye where he's like why don't you do this next time of like i don't have to be the one to do this like i think that's awesome and i I think that a lot of um people would probably take this special as like a point of inspiration for um can like work in the future um as people have taken his past work as well and as i definitely feel like you know like I, I watched this and I felt fairly inspired just from the idea of like how much he was able to do in that space. And I, th- I think that was so cool. But I, I think what I'm terrified about is the idea of <laughs> a bunch of open mic comics who are going to see this and be like, I can make an at home comedy special better than that and do like some not to say that it's not going to be good because I'm sure many of them are very talented. I'm just terrified for the dude who spends an hour um, of all of our time with a YouTube like thing he made where he's just in his living room making fun of his ex-wife like that. That is like my greatest fear is that inside might become a thing that is bastardized by people who are not that it's like this untouchable piece of holy art or anything. It's just a thing that some guy made, but like, uh, (laughs) like I I'm, Oh God, I cannot wait to see the, um, the cultural runoff that happens as a result. Um, That's just a roaming thought, really. I think for me, like, I I watch this and I I think about where comedy goes next, like, from here. Like, especially stand-up, because this is either one of those things that, you know, like you're saying, people will try to replicate, or it's one of those things where nobody will try to touch it because they know that they can't do Mm -hmm. what he did, right? And you know, that's in a way how I feel. Like, I feel like I'm terrified for the opposite reason, Eh, a more selfish reason. I'm terrified for a more selfish reason where I'm like, why would I even want to create anything? Because it it will never be this. Like, it will never be, it will never touch people in the way that this touched me. the difference between you and those open mic (laughs) comics that are in my my hypothetical, Grace. Yeah. Yeah. Is that that's a barrier for you. (laughs) But it is, it is inspiring because it's uh, the way that it's, I think, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, what, at what cost was this creative, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when we see the stages of grief and, and mental, uh, just like stress that he's going through. It it feels weird to be like, to praise this thing, you know, like, be like, this is incredible. Like, 
because you know it's clear that he also there's enough there was pain <laughs> in creating something so so wonderful so it's it's a bit difficult i think you know this is something i brought up at the beginning of the first episode like you want to sing your praises for this yeah. but then and that's almost like the antithesis of everything that he has been saying in the <laughs> yeah because um, in a way because he makes you so um aware of as you said what it took to make this and like what it what the cost it had on him like in a way praising it do you feel that like praising it um is in a way praising the negatives that this process created for him or do you um, think that's separable i think you need to be able to separate them i think that that's that comes with anything right like there is like I feel like the fetishization of like working overtime and working to your wits end and like being like oh you know I have sleep deprivation issues and I'm stressed all the time and especially in comedy as well like that's people champion being like mentally broken for the thing they love you know but I think that you know, there are people that will probably look at this and do that, you know, and be like, hey, like, what are you doing during the pandemic? Bo Burnham did this. Like, what are you doing? Which is like, not what I would think is the way to look at it. I think that it's like, in spite of everything, like he still did struggle. That's why it, it took him longer than he wanted it to. He admitted that on camera. But I don't think that that means that we can't be proud of what it, he can't be proud. He can't, you know, he, we can't praise it for what it is because, you know, if he wasn't, I believe if he wasn't proud of it and if he didn't feel some sort of accomplishment, I don't think he would have released it, you know, okay. but again, there's that whole bit that he's like, do people have to sit? Can anyone shut up for just a minute about anything? Yeah. I did want to, I did want to come in on that real quick too, of like, I, I did write down as I was watching it of like, um, can anyone shut the fuck up? Uh, yeah. like I was like, well, we're about to go do yeah, dude, I, that's, episodes. Uh, <laughs> let me find Jesse David Fox has a tweet that literally like, that- I'm going to take this chance once again to plug uh, a podcast that we are not involved with at all and don't know the creator of a good one, a podcast about jokes and the people who tell them hosted by Vulture senior editor, Jesse David Fox. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. There's an episode with Bo Burnham in which he talks about the ending of make happy, which is super interesting. And I think it's something that Grace and I have probably drawn on quite a bit in these past few hours that we've had this conversation so he says the this is like a follow-up from like another tweet that he says but he says the more cynical version of this tweet is bo burnham made a special about how the internet is bad and how terrible it is that people share their every single thought here and the response including this tweet is people sharing their every single thought about it (laughs) so i think there's a bit of a paradox i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah this special and trying to unpack it and uh feeling the need to express that out loud and then feeling the need to maybe question whether or not that's necessary (laughs) i think i got a lot out of this um and i think it's safe to say grace i don't want to put words in your mouth but i think you might have as well nope (laughs) no yeah all right well you know what that's fine I was lying the entire time. <laughs> this was actually a character piece. Both of us, we don't even, we didn't even watch. I didn't even watch it. <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh my God. Who's well- Bo Burn Turkey? <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god it's like i'm in inside <laughs> that's all folks that's all folks uh that yeah sorry to just end it so abruptly <laughs> but when you've been talking for nearly three hours straight uh Jesus. Not, much, not much more to yeah. say really yeah. um yeah if you have listened to these podcast episodes and you've uh enjoyed hearing us talk about the special um uh, number one thank you for listening uh and number two please if you haven't seen it go, well, i don't know why you wouldn't have if you listen to these two episodes but go watch the special go stream the music uh it's it's really interesting um from a lot of different perspectives and uh there's a lot to be gleaned out of it um again uh just as we did last episode it's time to say our goodbyes uh and yeah so <laughs> grace uh do you have anything going on in your life anything you want to tell people about um or whatever my immediate like thought was just be like i have a uti that's like not even true i just <laughs> comedy go follow right? grace's uti i go uh... follow my uti at uti pod on no uh you know as always we are on twitter at ems pod you can follow us for updates on the podcast other silly videos anything in between <laughs> uh, my personal twitter is at graceful gozy uh, you can get jokes and little updates about my super interesting life and my dog semen um yeah what about you jake <laughs> uh but yeah uh the other thing uh as we did last episode um and as bo burnham did at the end of the special is um we do talk in this episode as in the last one about some stuff that uh can often be difficult to talk about uh involving suicide uh if you or anyone you know is experiencing any sort of suicidal thoughts tendencies what have you uh the national suicide prevention lifeline is 800-273 8255. There is always someone there to listen to you and to help 24 hours a day. Um, it'd be like, if you want to talk about anything less serious uh, concerning the special or our thoughts versus your thoughts, tweet our way and we'll, yeah. we'll engage in the conversation with you. At sure. EMS Pod, feel free to tweet at us, DM us, whatever. Um, we, we love, obviously, we love talking about this stuff and we would love to talk to you guys about it. So, yeah, we'll be back next week with a normal episode. Uh, we just had to do this because, I mean, Grace has been texting me nonstop for the past few days of like, I got to talk about it inside. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll, we can do a podcast about it. And she's like, oh, we, that's not good enough. We have to do two. <laughs> this is what I sound like. I'm Grace. All right. Goodbye, guys. See you next week. Goodbye. See you next week. <laughs> not literally. <laughs>